This podcast is brought to you by the BU Podcasting Company, the home of Akron's first podcasting network. Check out the BU Podcasting community at BUPodcasting.com. Yo. Yo, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Cigar Conversations with your man's John Smith. Check this out. We at the BU Podcasting Company. You know where to check us out at. All right, we all over the place. Spotify, Apple Tunes, whatever you need to have on your phone, your computer to listen to a podcast, we there. So check us out. Okay, now today I brought in a PDR Value Line Reserve Cameroon Wrapped Cigar. We about to smoke and conversate. But let me introduce you to a special guest of mine. This 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 person. Uh, the way they think is 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 awesome to me. It's like a star bursting and you get to watch it as it falls from the sky, right? And I'm always in amazement. The things they say. It it just opens my my mode of conversation to a whole new level. So I'm going to introduce you to this award-winning educator, um, business owner. Uh, you can check it out on finaleprep.com. They have curriculum. I mean, she's the bomb. Uh, so welcome to the show, Christy Johnson. Christy, you there? Uh, okay, my technician. Oh, there she go. The technician is pushing buttons. Christy. Yes. All right. Welcome to the show. How you doing this morning? Thank you. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Real good. Real good. Real good. Today, I'm. I'm, I'm I want to turn the mic over to you. I want to know what we can talk about. What's going on with you in your life? You want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we even begin? Just run your resume. It's so extensive. <laughs> run the resume. It's so. Uh, it's quite a. It's quite a resume, I should say. Just as far as education, I stick there. Um, just been doing this thing a long time as far as teaching and educating and loving what I do um, and really finding my gift and my voice in education has been the real journey. Um, if, I, if I talk to you about how I got here, um, I didn't always know it. I actually went to school for something totally different, and it was actually my father that saw educator in me and on me. And it sort of redirected my path as I got to the Kent State University where I completed my undergraduate degree and my master's degree in reading um, with his ability to see that this is who I actually am. And as I've evolved from kindergarten teacher over the years into an instructional coach, um, I've come to see that my role in what I do and what I really love is really not just about teaching and educating, that it really is a ministry. Um, all its own. So I kind of found um, a bigger picture to what we do in education. So Dig it. in the long and short of it, that's, that's about it. Dig it. Dig it. You know, one thing you touched on is you didn't go to school for education, but your father saw Correct. something in you that he knew that you were going to be more prolific and more pronounced as a teacher than whatever the profession that you were going to school for. What, now, I know me and you, we get into these conversations all the time about 
how to address young people into their direction. Um, and then maybe that's what this topic, maybe that's what this show is about to go into, this direction. Right now in society, we see all these young people and we applaud them when they go to college. We say, good job. You, you're going to school. And then when you talk to them about what they're majoring in and the majority go down the same path, or at least I, I tend to take the stand. It's business. It's nursing. Um, I don't know. And some go into what is that uh, physical therapy. They go into these sort of degree fields where uh, as a man of my stature, I don't I, I'm like, OK, there's a benefit there, but I think it's already filled and you're going to end up competing in the world. Let me see what's the right way to address this question. How? Because I know you'll tell me, John, you're doing that completely wrong. But how do you <laughs> redirect a a young person, a young adult to becoming the, the, the change agents of society? How would how do you see that? How do we get to imitate your dad? I mean, I don't I don't. Can you tell us the story of how your dad did it for you? Do you want me to start there? Or do you want me to address yeah. your initial? We'll start okay. there, and then we'll address me. Um. So I, at a very early age, expressed an interest or at least a gift in communication. I was on debate teams as a child, and I was a writer and took a real good liking to writing. So my father and I had a really great relationship in that regard in that I would write things and take it to him for his approval and editing and and we go back and forth on how to become a more rounded writer. And um, we did that until I hit like high school when I started to really develop an interest in politics and law. And my father helped support me through a lot of those scholarship writings and essays. And I get to Kent State or I had an opportunity to attend Kent State for a summer program. And there's an interview process. Uh, wherein there's a parent component where they're being interviewed without the student input. And um, so I'm sitting there as the director asked my father a question. She simply asked him, what do you see your daughter becoming? Now, he's answering after I've already said, oh, I'm all day. I'm going to, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going into political science. Like, this is it. Now, we've done, mind you, all this groundwork over the years. And so I just was ready, chest out and everything, like, yeah, he's about to blow down for me and make sure she knows this is my attorney daughter. And he says, well, I see my daughter as a teacher. She's an educator. And I remember freezing, like, my whole heart kind of stopped for a moment, like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm looking at my dad, like, wait, it's me. It's not your other daughter. This, this one, me. You can't possibly think that like what do you mean and my reaction apparently caught the attention of the director who says well this is your dad's part this is the parent part so this is his opportunity to express what he sees in his daughter and so I literally slumped back in my seat like you gotta be kidding me so let me hear what he has to say but I'm upset and he goes on and on and on about who I was even when I was like eight and nine and what he saw on me and the differences that he saw in me. And all I could really fluster in my mind is, is in thinking was, but you helped me write essays. 
Like, you let me go to debate camps and be on debate teams. You help edit papers. Like, you help me submit applications for colleges for law. Like, I don't understand this at all. But as I listened, I thought, I'm going to prove him wrong. And, uh, you know, he finished his story. I remember being disappointed with the quiet ride home. I thought my dad has no idea who I am. Like, he lost sight of who his daughter is. And we were very close. So that really cemented, in a way, um, some really hard emotions that I had to work through. So I get to Kent. I start political science courses. And I remember sitting in there, and I was dumbfounded. I realized how much information I didn't know about the world and political science and a lot of things that individuals were able to discuss, I was like, I was completely oblivious to. So I remember being upset about not knowing. And I said to myself, wow, this to me is not what college is supposed to be about, where I'm not as comfortable sitting in a space trying to catch up to someone that I feel I already am supposed to be. Like I really already thought I'm, it's in me to be an attorney, but I knew then, I was like, it's, it's, I'm going to have to work to become me. And it didn't make sense to me at the time because it didn't come as natural to me. So I was willing to do the work, but it was a different kind of thing that my mind was doing. So it was playing little tricks on me. I said, well, this can't be it. So I transferred to communications because, remember, I had a grounding in writing and orating, and I did a lot of public speaking as a teenager. So I did communications, and I'm sitting with an advisor, and I remember going through the whole uh, breakdown of what the years would look like. And I thought, okay, what kind of job do I get here? And when she said, well, you create it. I went, "Ah, yeah, that doesn't feel like me either. And as much as I didn't want to go near Whitehall on Kent State's campus to do anything remotely close to teaching, I went and I, I talked to an advisor. I looked at the coursework and I'm thinking, okay, I'll go to a couple classes. Mind you, the, the semester started. So I, I'm moving pretty quick and changing these majors so I can solidify and get into some courses. Sitting in the class and I'm like, this is it. This is so me. And it was, it was like a light went off. Like, I can't believe he was this right. Like it felt so natural. And I don't know how our kids today are brought into the idea of selecting Um, their degrees, if it's any different than I did, because as I reflected, I'm like, it was about the money. I knew attorneys make good money. And I thought that was going to take me where I wanted to go. But it's a heart. It's a a passion. It's something that you honestly can say you would do and can do with very little effort as far as your natural sense. But the willingness to work to go above and beyond to do the job, to me, is where the work should come in. So... I finished Kent State's uh, undergraduate program in education, and it was the best decision I ever made. Um, But as I think about how I got there, I always remember that conversation with my dad. And I think the way he did it, a lot of our kids don't necessarily have those opportunities, albeit for reasons of how society has changed with dual-parent households and those kinds of things um, that play a part. But I think as a community... Uh, our job is to allow our kids to explore, but pay attention as adults to what's in your child, and you're supposed to pull it out. 
And what my father did, I think, was allow me to be me and see all the ways that those um, personalities and characteristics and traits that I was portraying all equaled that one big picture to him. So he knew at some point, yeah, I'm going to leave her here, but I'm not going to take away from her gift growing in the way that she's enjoying at a younger age. So he participated, but I think he knew all along he was grooming me for what he's always known. So I think that's what where we head down when we talk about these things and how our kids pick majors that they're used to or they, they might be something that they see all the time. I know a lot of people are in the nursing um, pathway, and that's something that they've picked up. I know a lot of career academies are definitely heavy on, you know, the nursing programs. And I get it because we see a lot of those kinds of things in our communities. So it makes sense, just as it would picking a major for money. It makes sense when you see these people make money, you want that. So I think the big thing is talking to our kids, but paying attention to what their gifts and talents are and not being afraid to guide them while supporting them. And it's a process. Yeah, it definitely is a process because I know my issue is I'm, I'm cool with you being in the medical field, but why not a doctor? Why not a surgeon? Why the nurse? Uh, if you, if you, um, I think when I was in school, I think one of the things that bothered me the most is I met so many people who were saying that their majors were always the, the worker bee uh, portion of a career. Instead of a lawyer, I want to be a paralegal. Instead of the doctor, I want to be a nurse. And instead of the restaurant owner, I want to be the cook. You know, and I'm, it was blowing my mind. Like, I never seen that. You know, I I, I think uh, my parents hadn't been to college. I think my mom went to school for one year. But I'm a military family. So when I look at uh, educated people, I had the Cosby Show. And there was a lawyer and a doctor. And... I could only imagine being a father at that time. My daughter saying, yeah, lawyer, dad, I, I just want to be the paralegal. I'm going to go to college for four years to do research for you to be the name of the law firm. And I think that blew my mind. And because it blew my mind, I was like, yeah, when, when I get an opportunity to talk to young people about their career paths and directions, it's this it's just like a coach mentality. Like, I want you to win. You, you're going to win. There's no way in the world that you're coming in second. And the paralegal in my mind was second, second place. And I know when we spoke uh, about this, when we speak about this, as many times as we speak about this, I have a, uh, because of your tutelage and guidance as a great educator that you are, I have a, <laughs> a, a, a different way of viewing it now. I still don't have the best approach, I don't think, because I'm still so aggressive. Like, I need you to get this now. I don't want you to waste two years trying to figure out where you're supposed to be. Uh, when it comes to society and um, us as the, the, the old wise people who sit on the mountaintop and we're telling these young people how to get to the next level or to stand on our shoulders, what do you think is the best advice that you could give to not only me, but to society, to the people listening, to encourage people who they, they don't necessarily know very well, um, but they, they know they're not living up to their potential, if I'm saying that right, um, by taking the, the road to 
the was the quickest road to this financial so-called quote-unquote freedom did i did i say that right <laughs> oh, did you? so oh, let me let me yeah, read it okay i don't know junior i didn't i didn't raise him i didn't grow up with him um but i'm i'm the the elder in the conversation. I've been through college. I know you're going to college. And you you want to pursue physical therapy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. However, I know your potential. I know you. I, 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 I've been around you long enough to know that physical therapy for is, is just a means to an end. You need to complete college. You need a degree. Physical therapy is a means to an end, but surgeon is going to stretch you. How do I convey that? Yeah, so, so, so I got you, Folly, because we we've we've done this chat in many ways, coming down to the to where you are now and your understanding and relating to where I'm coming from. So I get what you're saying, but I think it's twofold. I think one part is because in our communities we celebrate different aspects of the process, but we don't always know what the end result should look like. So what do I mean by that? So I mean, like, the things we celebrate in our communities could just be the fact that you want to go to college, and we're excited. Yes, my baby is going to college, and and in a lot of ways, that is a big deal, you know, especially if you're the first one. When you make that decision that you're going to commit to higher education, for some families, that is the celebratory moment, and it doesn't matter what you choose. It doesn't matter how many times you reach you. We're just all proud that our little gym is going to college. So that's one aspect is it, it doesn't take a lot in that regard to celebrate just the decision. So we do that. The other part is what you're saying. How do we get them to see beyond a, a glimpse? is really what it is. Because it's not small. Like, wanting to be a paralegal is not a small thing. It's still actually a lot of work where you don't get what you're really worth in a lot of cases. You're doing all the legwork. So it's getting them to understand that. I believe my dad would have been disappointed if if I would have continued my quest through law school. He would have been just as excited. But it wouldn't have changed the fact that he's seen something that he saw something different in me. So he would just find ways to navigate that gift in me and probably pull out, how do you become a teacher as a lawyer? Could he ever teach in school? He would have figured out ways to lay that, but he didn't have to because I, I saw very early on what it's supposed to be about. And so what you're saying is like, how do we really get the adults that are really first to have firsthand knowledge of who their learners are, how do we get them to start piecing together where their kids can be and not be afraid to say, this is what I see, this is what you need to at least consider. And how do we get them to do that with a delicate balance of not, A, eliminating where their heart might feel it wants to go, or B, minimizing what they think is something big. And and that really happens when you become better at questioning. And I think that's just a bigger gift um, then some people are willing to explore and, and, and investigate. You mean questioning the student? Right. 
So the parent, the adult, the learning person. Parent, you know. See, okay. You have no idea who this person is. Right. So you're looking at it from a statement, a glimpse. But if this was a, a student who was struggling and then found the right teacher who gave them paralegal or gave them physical therapist as something they saw in them, then you are almost counteracting when you say, well, there's better than the position is what you're looking at. But we need to start exploring the student, what's in the student. I have a nephew. I love him to death. And it took forever to piece together his personality, the things, the areas that I saw him growing in as he got older. He's very introverted. He can be very shy. But then there's moments he shows up and I'm like, who is this kid? But I'm constantly evaluating and paying attention and trying to ask him, where does he feel the most comfortable and what does he notice about himself? And I realized he's out of touch. He's a performer as far as a student. He will do what you ask him to do, but he doesn't know how to initiate. So he couldn't see himself past taking orders. So I feel like without my conversations or conversations from those that were helping to shape him, including yourself, he would not have done any investigating and known how. So we get into a point where it's like, I know you, and listen, these are the things I think you're really strong at. Do any of these feel good to you? And then I watched him show up, like create a Google Classroom to teach a group of fraternity brothers Chinese. Like, I didn't have to come up with that. It's naturally who he is. He goes to where he's naturally comfortable. Now, my job is to get him to see other arenas where he could grow that gift so, let me and ask still you. feel good about what he's doing. But the only way to do that was to ask and ask. And I, I realized this kid loves Chinese. It is a natural thing for him, but he lights up in learning it. He lights up in delivering it. He lights up when other people are pleased by, I guess, the accent that they have. Like This kid just tested into the intensive level at Kent State University for their Chinese program. Um, and the instructor was impressed. But this is an incoming freshman. So it takes that. It takes more questioning. I could easily say, Chinese, what are you going to do with that? But he loves it. So my job is, is how do I grow it? How, has he considered this and given him as much of, of an adult mindset as I can in my sharing? Well, That's what we have to do a better job at. And not being scared. I know a lot of adults will say, it's not my place to tell my students. Well, in the days where we were extremely successful as a community, that's what we did. So do you we think that the, the school system them is, out and navigated? Do you think the school system is failing our children then? Because when what you're what you're talking about is you have a relationship with your nephew. I know your nephew. We have a relationship. That's a different conversation. For kids we don't know. Is that should the school be looking for people like you or um, an I who would be able to question? I'm like I said, I'm not that great at questioning. I'm 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 so direct. I have to learn that skill. But should that be something that our counselors are um, versed in and questioning to pull these out of students? Or how early do we begin to question as uh, parents and teachers to get our kids to start? I don't know, honing those skills to start shaping their pathways. Uh, because Hey, I, you're talking to a, a, a passionate kindergarten teacher, and I start my journey at five. 
from the day those kids walk through the door, where do they go? If I'm putting out spinners, where do they gravitate? Where does a kid get stuck and locked and fixated and focused? And how do they engage when they're there? I'm not saying I go to the sand table because I can make the biggest mess and it's fun, but am I constructive there? Do I just go there because it's different? So, you know, you'll see it. And I don't want to, I don't, I know we can have this conversation for hours. Being that we have a, a a time frame on the on the show, we're going. This could probably have to be a three, four, five part show so that we can really unpack this. Because I think um, what I what I hear you saying, uh, in my understanding, there's still edu- This is education reform. We need to really start looking at who are who's engaging our students, even as a community. When if 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 junior goes to college and they don't have an aunt like you they don't have an aggressive uncle like me who then helps guide this kid through career choices um if they have a ter- when i worked in elementary schools and i saw a kindergarten teacher i was like amazed and shocked that this person was still a kindergarten ke- teacher um i didn't see any learning happening i didn't see any questioning happening and I felt bad for her, her kindergartners because there were some who were held back, but not because of their inability to be a learning uh, a kid who was grasping information, but because of her failure to be a good teacher. So if we were to really, really begin to, to unpack this, for me, it comes back down to education reform and what is expected from the educator to deliver to the child. Would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I think right now we're in a system that's it's dated now. And I think we're growing when we think of the idea of instructional coaching and how that's changed uh, sort of the dynamics of, teacher, of teaching and teaching beyond your own classroom and getting to more of an open door kind of a, a setting so that those ideas can be generated and shared and grown. Um, trainings and professional developments and a lot of um, school systems have changed and that's made an impact. So there are small spurts, but the what that's being offered to address this particular thing, uh, which I mentioned before, I've come to see education as, or being an educator as a ministry and not just a career. It's not really just a profession anymore. Even in my mind, it really is a vocation and a lot of things that we're seeing go wrong that we can say, for lack of a better word, in education is because that whole connection and relationship and care, that thing that you have when you are really um, in a ministry kind of a mindset, mm-hmm. it's not there. So you'll see a kid with a little extra zeal or flair or swag, as, as it's called, and it's labeled as something totally different when we look at our African-American girls or African-American boys. Mm-hmm. But if embraces a ministry, you see it as something else. And I think it's the exposure to how teachers can say to self, hey, I, I know all of these opportunities where this kid's personality will fit. And it works. 
and it's my job to harness it and not silence it. Okay, and so not look down real on quick and before we because I know I said we're gonna this is, we're going to continue this discussion real quick. Tell us where your podcast is so that we can tune into some of your instruction and then we're gonna back out. Double check my website, um, finaleprep.com. That failure is not an option. Prep.com. So F I N A O prep.com. You can check us out. Lots of different ways to think and consider education as really, honestly, that ministry. And that's in, from the parenting perspective and the classroom perspective and even a community perspective. We're really huge on those three components as we raise um, our students. It does take a village, and we, we definitely take that seriously. Awesome. Thanks, Ms. Johnson. Okay, thank you for tuning in to the BU Podcast. This is Cigar Conversation with your man, John Smith, and I will be back with you next week. Check out the BU Podcasting community at BUPodcasting.com.